Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And blah, 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 blah. We're doing the finale of Mission Impossible, guys. What? Season one finale. Disclaimer. We are so drunk right now. Slightly. I just started. The royal we. I'm two pints in. I'm getting there. I'm drinking harder stuff than you, though. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. This is expired beer. Ex- Does beer expire? It doesn't technically. You know, it's air sealed, so it won't expire, but the taste isn't going to be that great. I-, I feel like the fact that you've had that beer long enough to expire is kind of a betrayal of your previous character on this show. I did not have this beer long enough to expire. The place that I work at had a lot of expired beer, but that's okay because, you know, this might be an episode that people that I work with listen to. Anyways, hey, <laughs> welcome back to Mission Impossible, where we are definitely not uh, completely drunk, like I just confessed to earlier. With me, I'm Beer. Uh, this is a Nathan that I'm drinking. No. Hey, my name is Nathan, and with me, I have my co-host, Aaron. Uh, excuse me, I am whiskey and I'm drinking Aaron tonight. Oh, I wish I had whiskey. Probably should have gotten whiskey <laughs> for this. No, it's it's lovely to be here. It's it's nice to be here at the recap, especially considering like how random it was that we started doing this and how much it's kind of taken over my life. Right. So like I I, I was not prepared for becoming a honest to god Mission Impossible super fan over the course of the season. Right. I was I was literally about to segue to the same thing. So, you know, like, minds think alike. We're, uh, it's just, it's crazy. It started as a comment on a thread on a Facebook group with not a lot of people. And we were just like, you know. <laughs> shit, you watched the pilot, right? That was the whole thing? That was the whole thing? I think, I think that was, was that I gave the pilot a try at Paramount. Now... Straight up, when you said that, I had never seen the pilot. Which is weird, because you're the one who's actually seen, like, half the show, or all the no, show No, not even half. I would say probably tw- 25% is being very generous. And I mean 25% Wait. now. Are you telling me that there's going to be a point where we're both, like, just completely virgins when it comes to the Mission Impossible that we're watching? Aaron. And we're watching, like, brand new shit Aaron. never before seen? Aaron. I was pretty much a virgin to the entire first season. Okay, fair enough. But that was like that was special. It, it that wasn't. Was... It wasn't reruns. It wasn't like when people think Mission Impossible, they think Peter Graves. You know, naturally, or well, no, they don't think Peter Graves. They think, oh, what's Tom Cruise going to kill himself doing? <laughs> That's what they think. And then, like, if you ask your grandfather, he's like, I remember when Peter Graves was on. TV and I just upset a certain demographic of our podcast. But that's okay. That's what I do constantly. 
for the rest of our audience, it was actually my mother who said that, uh, who told me repeatedly that, and I quote, when we were teens, this is what we thought spies really did. So, like, eh. Hashtag feminism. Hashtag feminism. But yeah, welcome back to Mission Impotable. I hate doing this because I was supposed to do it earlier. If you like what you've already heard here, which I can't imagine that you did because we... Hey, hey, hey. No, no, let's be honest. If they are listening to our season one recap, for some reason we have won these beautiful, beautiful people over and our impotable geeks are family now. Or they're just trying to figure out what episodes to watch. They like they're us. just like cut or, to the chase. Or, or, or let's be honest... They're trying to find out what the newest days of our lives scoop is. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to hear more of us, go to iTunes and Spreaker. Rate and review us on iTunes. Give us five stars. I'll read it on the show. Even if you have, you know what, guys? Just write a review that's all erotica about us. I'll read it. I would be all read it. that. We, yeah, we will read that shit. On air, we will do our own lines of dialogue if there's dialogue. We will, if it's long enough, even put out a special. I mean, I'm going to claim it right now. It's by far not going to be the weirdest recording that we've been in. <laughs> Just going to straight up say it. Uh, somewhere on the interwebs, our podcast is played over a fetish video, which is a, is a fetish video. It is nothing but beauty, is what that is. That like that's kind of low key the proudest moment we made come it. Out of we made entire. it. You know what? Actually, rewind. Uh, you know what, Nathan? I have a question for you because I fucking know my answer. What is your proudest moment from season one of Mission Impossible? You know what? And I hate to say that you weren't there for it. Um, it, it's okay. It, I don't have to have been it there. It was the moment when we had. Phil Morris lose his shit over making Jim Phelps the bad guy in Mission Impossible 1. You can't make Phelps the enemy! You cannot make Jim Phelps the enemy! I am so glad you said that! Why do I care about Ethan? Thank you so much. I've been saying that for years. That's like half the reason we started the podcast, because people would be like, oh yeah, I really love the first one, that's my favorite. I'm like, but they made Phelps the enemy! You can't do it! Yeah. I was like, we've created a discussion here. And we got a voice that you know, Phil Morris, his voice is everywhere. You you talk to your kids, they've watched at least one thing with Phil Morris in it, if not everything. Of course. And to hear him vocalize this whole You can't make Phelps a bad guy You know, I'm gonna cut it in there. <laughs> <laughs> it it was wonderful. But you can find us on Twitter at Impotable, I-M-P-O-D-I-B-L-E. You can also find us on Facebook.com backslash Mission Impotable. And then you can join the Impotable Missions Force where we keep the discussion going. Join our Patreon page where you support the show. This is not free. This is not free in any way for us to do. We're doing this out of love and the love that we've gotten from all of our patrons, Maxine, Nick, Michael, Cody, Dave, Stacy. We love you guys. We love, we love you. you all. Thank you. Thank you for supporting us and keeping this show afloat. Uh, but yeah, no, like, we started this show, and I don't know what your thoughts were going into it. I had seen enough Mission Impossible to know that even the worst episodes are kind of fun. The worst thing that 
a bad Mission Impossible episode can be is just like, you know, hard to talk about. But we've managed to strive pretty hard throughout this show. Honestly, like going into this, I, I, I was admittedly a little worried because I haven't watched a ton of television from this era. And so, like, I, I was worried that, that the time difference would mean that eh, it was either too slow or too goofy, and I just wouldn't get into it. The thing that's kind of blown me away is how much I've ended up really connecting with it and been in how, uh, well, let me, let me back yeah. up. Uh, the, the, the thing that struck out to me is like, really, like, how tight it has been, even in the bad episodes. Like, I, I, it has raised my bar for television of this entire era. And I now have been like, okay, wait, maybe I should go watch like the Avengers now. And maybe I should go watch man from uncle. And maybe I should go check out like this cavalcade of hugely influential shows that I've never seen before. Yeah. And honestly, on my own, I, I grew up on TV land. I mean, that's just what I was. I was, I mean, I watched the cable guy last night and I was like, Oh shit. Like, in a bad universe, I could have ended up being Jim Carrey in that movie. Cable but, uh, I'm not. Aaron confirmed that I'm not, please, so I feel good about myself. <laughs> you, you are mostly not. I, I have abilities to socialize with other people. I do have a feeling, though, that if anyone ever put a karaoke machine around you, you would lose your shit just like he does in that one part. Don't you want somebody to live? Don't you need? You might recognize this song as performed by Jefferson Airplane in a little rockumentary called Give Me Shelter about the Rolling Stones and their nightmare at Altamont. That night, the Oakland chapter of the Hells Angels had their way. Tonight, it's my turn. One, two, three! When the truth is found to be light And all the joy within you dies Don't you want somebody to love? Don't you need somebody to love? And I watched the pilot and, you know, it sort of it, it blew my mind like it did you. Like, it... It's an impressive pilot. And then, you know, I've heard people come to us and be like, yo, the pilot's this good. And we're like, I know, right? Like, it's a good pilot. And I don't know. You know, we should just get into this. How'd you feel about the season, man? So, not to retread, but it was a lot better than I expected it to be. I'm really impressed with the how well they write tension throughout the entire season. It's been a lot of fun watching them slowly find the rhythm of Mission Impossible. Because it's just like the movies, where it takes them a few movies to really figure out this is what a Mission Impossible movie should be. It's no different from the show. You watch them slowly figuring out how do we do the mission briefing? How do we introduce the team? Uh, Yeah. You get to watch them grapple with um, a diva of a star who... Which brought us the illustrious Sabbath episodes, which like that, that was the thing that ended up being a far bigger part of this season than I really expected it to. Because what, 60% of the season, he's just either not in or in a reduced capacity. Yeah, it's like, uh, well, due to the fact that he has a relationship with all these people, it's like, dude, how fucking social is Dan Brace? He is a lush, okay? He's a sex toy? 
Is that what you think a lush is? No, I'm I'm oh, I'm just oh. kidding. There's a there's a sex toy called Lush. Oh, I did not know that. It, it's a long distance sex toy. I'm glad that we're getting into this <laughs> in the off hours. <laughs> I know nothing about it clearly, and it, it, it's so it's okay to admit that you have a lush that you use with your long distance partner. There's no shame in using a, a lush. Which I, I have a lot of questions. I might be Googling it after this. Oh, shit. That's my lush going off. <laughs> Anyways. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no. I, I was pretty much mostly the same. I mean, Roguish really blew me away. That was like, you, you know. You know, every time a new episode comes by, I'm like, is it going to be a Roguish? Is it going to? I think that you've talked about Roguish more than you've talked about the first Mission Impossible movie. And you've talked about that a, a little too much. Well, you know what? We should... You brought me into a perfect segue. I rewatched the first Mission Impossible movie. Good morning, Mr. Phelps. This is your mission should you choose to accept it. Should you or any member of your IM force be caught or killed, the secretary will disavow all knowledge of your actions. Ethan Hunt will be your point man as usual. Good luck, Jim. Simple game. Is he serious? Always. It's much worse than you think. We're being ambushed. Abort, that's an order. They knew, they knew we were coming. Do you read me? I don't care how he did it. I want to know why he did it. You're worried about me. I'm sure we can find something I have that you need. These guys are trained to be ghosts. Let's not waste time chasing after him. Let's make him come to us. Find something that's personally important to him and you squeeze. seen me very upset this tape will self-destruct in five seconds and you realize it's a good movie with a questionable villain i realized it's a movie with great sequences great sequences like the moments it's like both a nine out of ten and like a three out of ten I think you kind of just described every De Palma movie I've seen over the last year, of which there have been quite a few. Yeah. Because, like, I, I think that De Palma, he's a great director, and he directs the, the hell out of that movie. You're right. There are some amazing sequences, but he's his movies are kind of rough. The Langley heist is fucking, like, that might be the most iconic set piece of the 90s. It's still one of the most iconic set pieces. Like, it, it's one of those things that has had so big of an influence that we see it in movies and people don't realize that it's a reference to something that came before. Oh, totally. I mean, I just remember as a kid, you're suspended by wire. Oh, it's, they're doing the Mission Impossible. I mean, 
I used to own the VHS and I would skip back and get to those moments. And maybe that's honestly why I retroactively hated it because, you know, when you skip past too much on a VHS to all the great moments, they end up becoming like blurs, like whenever you watch your dad's basic instinct tape. Or, or Linda Hamilton's sex scene in Terminator. Weird poll, but I'll allow it. Terminator is important because it was one of those early movies that really bridged the gap between horny teenagers who were straight and horny teenagers who were gay because or horny teenagers who were bi because it had michael bean and linda hamilton getting naked together and they both looked great so everyone kind of enjoyed it which is why every copy of terminator you find and vhs has all the tracking marks in that section because everyone's watched it too much yeah yeah no totally and i think the thing Sorry, feel free to edit out my random. No, 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 no. We're keeping the, it in. We're we're keeping it in. The we're keeping it in. We got into the lush sidebar, so let's get into this sidebar. But no, we, so like Mission Impossible opened up in May twenty second, nineteen ninety six, and became the first movie to be released in over three thousand theaters and beat the record for the opening. With Terminator 2, oddly enough that you brought that up. I just thought I'd bring that in. So, you know, (laughs) it broke the record in the year I was born, which is crazy. Hey, guys. You know that guy posting in all of your Facebook groups? uh, People who are probably listening to this right now. I was born the year that Jim Phelps betrayed everybody. So, And if you want to know the age disparity, I saw that in theaters. Yeah. I mean, I probably did see that in theaters. I was alive for every Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> were, 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 were you inside your mom's belly at the time? Apparently, my mom saw Pulp Fiction while I was still inside her. I hate that term. Well, I was still, well, I was still in. Oh God! Let's just, let's yeah, just no skip past this. Look, no. No matter how you end talking about how you were inside your mother, I'm going to say the name of your sex tape. <sighs> Anyways, it it did pretty well. It actually has the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score of any of the movies. Basically, everybody said, wow, you know, it's filled with a lot of spectacle, but the plot is pretty convoluted, which I will agree with. Like, if you were to tell me why, that's, okay, my big issue with the movie, and I'll always have it, A... I don't give a shit about Ethan Hunt. Like, in this movie, no, not at all. Like, what? why do I care about him? He, like, insults Phelps' wife's coffee, and then, like, shortly after that, Phelps obviously betrays them. And when he gives his reason, he's like, uh, a lot of things happened after the Cold War. I'm like, dude, you work for the IMF. You can wear anybody's face. You can have any life you want. You don't get it. He does it because he really likes the coffee his wife makes. <laughs> the coffee is the motivation. He's like, you know what? The coffee is Fuck the motivation. It. He's just like, I'm going to burn this bitch down. That's what Phelps said. He's just like, I like my wife's coffee. I'm tired of everyone in the IMF making fun of it. I'm going to burn this building. Down. Yeah. I mean, it's an iconic film. I will say that technically the motivation I made up makes more just as much sense as the motivation in the movie. And I enjoyed the movie. We'll return after these messages. Hello, 
Who are you? I'm Martin Landau. What is all this? Your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to watch me on Mission Impossible. I understand completely. This promo will self-destruct in five seconds. You made a mistake, mister. Sundays at 11, 10 central on MeTV. Watch me. I'm... Watch me on me, me TV. To sort of get back into the show, which by nature of volume is the bulk of our podcast, Mission Impossible, the original show, actually ended up making what well, wasn't like the biggest show on CBS. The Emmys fucking loved it. It was up for film and sound editing. It was up for music composition by Lalo Schifrin, because why would it not? It was up for outstanding writing for the pilot, and then it was outstanding uh, performance by an actress in a leading role, actor, and then uh, best dramatic series. And then it ended up winning four of those with dramatic series actress because Barbara Bain is fucking amazing and should be on this show. Yes, she is. And should be on the show. I'm just going to say this. Hey, Barbara Bain's agent, if you're listening to this, she should be on the show. It won writing and editing. Deservedly so. And it ended up being greenlit for season two, which we'll get to, but... Let's sort of get more into our own feelings about the show. Did you have a favorite episode, or do you have like a top three favorite episodes? I have a top three, but really my top three is a combination of other tops. <laughs> um, Wait, Aaron, are you a top or a bottom? I was just curious. I mean, I mean I'm not going to lie, I'm not 100% sure, but from all indications I've, I've seen, I'm a, I'm a top. Oh, okay. Power bottom. Uh, I'm just, yeah. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> Let's oh, get past oh. this. Uh, that's as much of my I sex mean, life make, as you need. It uh, <laughs> makes total sense. But no, like, uh, so if you're going to go with, like, the episode that I think was actually the flat-out best, um, the I'd have to go with The Carriers, the one that George Takei was in. Like, like, that was a nice episode that had a lot of tension in it, it mixed in uh, accidentally prescient content with thrilling television. And like I found that with this first season, I really was drawn to either the weird shit or the stuff that was accidentally kind of inappropriate or super prescient. Like the wheel? Uh, more than just like... Like the wheel? Yeah. More than just the like, this is a legitimately good episode. It'd be like... This is a legitimately good episode that's all about policing of the African-American community. Cool, let's do it. You know? Man, was this show ever the most 2020 show I had ever seen in the midst of like 1967 <laughs> and 66. Uh, Carriers oh was God. my number two, personally. You're right. You're right. Let's just get this out of the way. You know my number one. It's roguish everyone knows your number yeah at this point it's just a good episode man it's a banger see this is what we're talking about i think roguish is a better written episode but the accidental prescience and how perfect carriers is in that regard that's what like pushes it over there's better visual storytelling in carriers for sure that and i'm not gonna lie i enjoy george takei trying to dance oh yeah that no, no like no argument here no argument here. So, what was your number two? Snowball in Hell. Oh, shit. Okay. 
mainly because I think that one that was a Barney episode where he really got to shine, it's fucking great, and got to show up a lot more, and that that's such a rare thing. It makes me so happy that Barney, who is unequivocally my favorite character on the show, for so sure. Far, uh, if you're wondering, if you're wondering who our favorite character is, it's Barney. Yeah, proceed. It's but like, I, I love that he's on the Blu-ray set, which we'll get to uh, later, like on the actual cover. But but like it was a Barney episode. Ricardo Montalban is in there, just like hamming it up with his chest out, talking about how much he loves to whip people with uh, cat and nine tails, and like it's just it it was a thoroughly enjoyable episode. It it has some issues. And of course, like it ends with them just like straight up fucking dirty bomb murdering the villain of the show. But like, it's just a fun episode. It's it's fun. It's legit. My number four. My number three okay. is actually the train. Ooh, that's a it, it, that one still has the best ad break out of the entire. Season, oh yeah, opens up the door and it's all gone. And we talked to Ralph Sinensky, who has now become like a Facebook friend of mine, who will just casually comment on posts. And you know, I should talk about the interviews. We started off talking to Brian Trenchard Smith, not even thinking we'd do interviews. It was great. Yeah, it was an accident, kind of. We were like, I guess we can try to do interviews. Why then not? Then Leslie Ann Warren for the next one. I was like, what? <laughs> then we ended up talking to Phil Morris, Teo Penglis, Paul Hirsch, which you just heard recently. I mean, anybody who's listening to this has probably already heard to Teo Penglis because you're a soap opera fan. Um, <laughs> and then we talked to Ralph Sinensky and Ralph Sinensky was great, but yeah, no, it's, it's been crazy with these interviews, but yeah, the train was my third favorite. I felt like it had a, the best ad break B what a crazy concept. I mean, it's one of those that is so goofy. And at that point in the series, like I was waiting for a boost up and that gave me it, you know? See, that's what shock was for me. That that's kind of my third favorite episode. It's also what I marked as the most inappropriate it's episode. So fucked up. Because like, if you remove what we know about you know human health today and watch it, it's just a banger of an episode that's like super thrilling and tense. There's a great kid chase sequence. You know, Big Willie Willie gets to do something in the episode. The villain gets to die horrifically. Like it. It's a good episode. It's just that when you sit back and go like, oh, yeah, they tortured somebody for no reason and then just killed him when he was burnt out and unconscious. It's some Munich shit. It really is some Munich shit. It it is some straight up Munich shit, but it's also the closest it felt like real spy shit to me in the entire season. Like, I feel like real spies would be like, yeah, we got to get this information. Let's uh, let's electrocute his brain. Let's do that. Uh, who cares if it dr- destroys Fuck, them? That's man. fine. And I'm still going to maintain that Willie Armitage's character is a serial killer who kills children. Like, like I do think those kids died off camera. <laughs> Not really, but it, it's my headcanon. It's the, the cold R-rated Mission Impossible To version. quote Bradley, one of you is going to have to keep this secret for the rest of your life. <laughs> Love you, Bradley. You're probably not listening to this one, or maybe you are. Maybe you're just like, oh, I want to revisit Mission Impossible. What episodes did these guys like? It was Operation Roguish, The Carriers, and The Train for me. That is my top three. Want to know what my number four is? Okay. And Mine was Snowball in Hell. I say this. Well, my, my number four is going to break you, and you're going to be so upset with me, and I don't care. Um, it's not a good episode, per se, but it represents the other end of the Mission Impossible kind of 
the spread that we get. You know, we get legitimately great thriller episodes. We get really inappropriate uh, little icons of history from the 60s. And then we get the weird shit. And the absolute weirdest, most batshit insane episode is Zubrovnikov's Ghost. Which has go over that we'll, tells you straight up one time. It's Zubrovnik's ghost. It's Zubrovnik. Fuck it. You, you always do it. I, I love it. I love it every time. Just say it. I had to correct it because I was going to say Zubrovnikov again. Um, but uh, it, it's this. It's the goofiest episode of the entire season. It's Zubrovnik's ghost, which. Like I, I know you hated it's my it. Bottom. I know our guest hated bottom. it. I it's know not that. Even my number. I know that. It's not like Elena, which I know is your. Wait, wait, let's get this out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Let's get this one. <clears throat> no, no, no. Hold on. We're we're gonna circle okay. around. I want to talk about how great Zubrovnik's okay. Ghost is because it is a Mission Impossible episode, which is such a straight faced, even when it gets crazy. At least in the first season spy show like like this is the real world and this episode spends 44 minutes of its 45 minute runtime going yeah ghosts are real and they can summon ghost bees to murder you at the drop of a hat and psychics are real by the way and we're gonna have a real psychic come in and she spends the entire show telling them that go- the ghosts are real it's not until the last 30 seconds that they go yeah okay ghosts really aren't real we're just having fun with you but I prefer the Mission Impossible world where ghosts are real and where bees will kill people on command from those ghosts. And that's why Zubrivnik's ghost. That, that, ah, that is why I really enjoyed Zubrivnik's ghost, even though I will not deny the fact that it is terrible. Yeah, I, uh, I just, on the record, I prefer the Mission Impossible universe where ghosts are real and uh, bees will kill people. <laughs> like, we're, we're in agreement on there. I just found that the episode was a little uneven. Um, the, but yeah, no, it, it, it's a you. You already said it. It's a terrible episode. It's my least favorite episode of the show. Below that or above that, above that is Reluctant Dragon, which is such a oh. nothing episode. It's just boring. Yeah, it, it's like I don't even like. Oh. I edited it and I hardly remember it to this day. Like, okay, so, and again, if we're talking episode that I had the hardest time with, uh, I think that's going to have to be right at the beginning, Old Man Out, which is now, if you're you're not a member of the Facebook community, a running gag that keeps coming up, because I was driven low-key insane. By what type of music? By the soundtrack. What type of music? The Kalaya, because I know you're going to cut it into this. Um, the Calliope music from Old Man Out Part 1 and 2 which it's just horrible and what should have been a good two-parter episode is just a rough watch because of it's that so... but like, like I'm not gonna lie after this first season the worst episode of the season and the worst episode of the show so far has got to be Elena so that's my number Elena. three. Oh my god! I, I had a weird, sick enjoyment in uh, the. Wait, wait! Your number three worst episode, or your number three my favorite number three episode of the season? worst episode? Okay, good, because we were gonna have to go at it. Actually, no, that would have been perfect. 
if you had like a number three that was my worst and you your worst was my number four no no no, but, no. We, yeah. we we're yeah. not going at it that heavily it's just you know they show the ink and mask and i giggle that's it i the the one thing i really enjoyed out of that whole episode was um raw in hand uh just casually wiping up radioactive nuclear waste and from a lab just like oh shit we spilled an open beaker of high radiation chemicals let me get a scott towel and wipe this that is the worst ad break i'd ever seen of the season well, while casually being misogynist too like and, and raw in hand is not terribly misogynist in this but damn yeah no it uh it really blowed watching a show that is so progressive in so many ways regress with that episode and it was it felt so slapdash together it's no fault of barbara luna she was pretty great in it and so is martin landau but you know then you follow that up with the short tail spy which was my number six and it was pretty fucking amazing yeah now that was a quality episode i have a question for you who is your favorite guest star and now I'm not talking about, like, the villains. I'm talking about that person who shows up in every single episode who's a baker or who's an accountant or who's a magician and, like, uses their random skills to help the team win the day. As I said on the front of the show, I'm very drunk and I didn't have this prepared for me. But without doubt, without a doubt, it was Tino in the frame. Because, really, dude, I've worked as a caterer before. The fact that he comes there with no staff at all because they're all breaking into <laughs> something. The entire time, Tino's like whipping up soup and like pork chops and stuff. And then they're screaming, I'm Tino, Tino. Do you got to keep the teeth? Do you ca- start over? Dude got to keep the tips at the end of the night. <laughs> he, he was did. my favorite eye and those are nazis you know they have money see it, it was undoubtedly eartha kit for me because like she's the one who showed up and was like no no i kind of feel like this episode you could have just not had the rest of the team and just use eartha kit and that would have been a perfectly viable oh, episode. she was wonderful yeah and then like you know honorable mention to george takei like you said and then uh yes are we getting into villains Sure, let's do this. Ricardo Montalban. I mean, I know what my answer is. Ricardo yeah, Montalban. Yeah, he's no, the best I... villain there is. I mean, come on. He's a torture-obsessed perv with good chest hair. How are we not going to select He's better him? than he was in Space Seed on Rathacon. Like, I'm not... He's not better than Rathacon. He's better than the episode Space Seed. Okay, thank you. I, I was about to have to correct you. Yeah, no, he, he's great. And, you know, we... It's been just a crazy journey of a season... Even outside of this, I feel like I'm running like five other podcasts right now because we, we've done our Patreon series, which if you're not a part of our Patreon, you should be. Yeah, but no, that sort of wraps us up with this season. I mean, we we got to give a little in, not in memoriam, but you know, like, I mean, in memoriam because he has passed from us, Stephen Hill as Dan Briggs. You know, I, like, I'm not going to lie, um, even though I know from a fan perspective he's considered to be like this relatively milquetoast or boring character who doesn't really have much compared to jim phelps i'm told but yeah uh, like he has become the linchpin of this first season because because we're watching it with a retrospective the how much 
his faith kind of impacted the show in, the, in this initial season and then the decision of the filmmakers to kind of cut him out from the back half like it's ended up where the whole first season is kind of the story of him of oh totally and so i'm really kind of intrigued to see what this show feels like and is without his presence because i have a hard time imagining it even though like i almost could see almost any other character being replaced but it's weird think of briggs not being there and not talking about like we're not going to talk about sabbaths anymore yeah. we're not going to have a full we, sabbath this is a full sabbath in memoriam they won't get mentioned no more again sabbath that's episodes. that's sad yeah no it, it's truly the end of an era but also the start of a new beginning because we will get to jim phelps which you know the end of the day he is what people know as mission impossible like yeah. even carrying on to the movies he's the only member of this cast to carry on into the films controversial or not um <laughs> yeah it's it's been a road but i'm excited for season two but yeah aaron i can't thank you enough honestly dude Thank you so much for being on this weird journey because we talked about this at the top of the show. I never expected this to be my life. I mean, yeah. nobody expected anything of 2020 at all. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, this is of a list of multiple things, 2020 to 2021, because this shit ain't over yet. I'm really curious to see how this show goes as we go forward, because where we are right now, like the vaccine is starting to become more regularly available. I've already been vaccinated. I know that you're trying to find, you are not yet able to, and you're trying to get to that point. Although soon, soon you're almost eligible. Yeah. I mean, I'm um, technically eligible right like, now. It's just hard to find. Ooh, I'll hook you up with some advice after the show, how we cool, found it. Cool. And actually, you know what? This is worthy of saying. So yeah, for anyone out there who's looking for a vaccine, um, there's a lot of, socially fueled programs to find it so like my wife who she's gotten all of the teachers at her school vaccinated and i i got vaccinated using a slack channel that like pinged all of the locations in our state every minute not not to schedule an appointment but to see if there were any appointments available and then they will be like there are appointments at this location and so if you were on that slack channel you would know to go and check it and try to book an appointment and that, that's how we got ours done and so like there's got to be stuff out there in other states too please get vaccinated please yeah please please, please. i want to go to a movie theater again i want to go eat out without a mask as much like, as like, we I'd like, love I'd like mission impossible and as much as we love masks <laughs> we'd be really happy if you could not wear one and it'd be safe for everybody else yes yeah. <laughs> we're ready for that which just to just to clarify wear masks wear masks come on it's the, it's the point of the imf i'll i'll see some people who are more on the uh, right side of the um protocol spectrum and they'll be like take off the mask also watch mission impossible it's a pretty good show from the 60s i'm like no that's the point of mission impossible no you must wear a mask <laughs> well you know and like I'm not going to lie, I think this show, along with, strangely enough, Star Trek Lower Decks, are the two things that legitimately got me through the last year. Because, holy shit, raising kids in a pandemic has been rough. Not that other people don't have it rough, too, but that's just my personal journey. And, hey, oh I have God. it rough, and I still can't imagine raising kids in the middle of this. Yeah. My fucking hat 
or well, I'm not wearing a hat, but whatever goes off to you because holy shit, that is an undertaking. <laughs> your hair, because you know, as we discussed, you're bald. I'm completely now. bald. Well, welcome to the welcome, club. Welcome to the club. We we <laughs> might have a rock. Welcome to the potty pal. <laughs> welcome to the potty pal. We might have erotica written about us. Anyways, um, I'm okay with that as long as I get to caress your head. Like, that's really what I want. <laughs> I want. I want the two of us just, like, rubbing each other's sweaty bald heads. If you liked what you just heard here and you want to hear more, go listen to our back catalog on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> on Spreaker. On Spotify. Write a review that is completely erotica about us rubbing each other's oh sweaty heads on iTunes. And we will... And we will read read it it on a special episode. A very special episode. And if you want to check us out on Twitter, you can find us at Impotable, I-M-P-O-D-I-P-L-E. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Mission Impotable. You can find our Facebook group, Impotable Missions Force, where you can keep the conversation going. You can also go on our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash mission impotable where honestly you get more than your money's worth there we got our cruise controls we got our action cinema coming up soon we're gonna have our one ving to rule them all where we talk about all ving rames career and then we have our the man of a million faces where we talk about martin landau's career we also got you know small episodes in between it on there we have more interviews it's gonna be great i'm not gonna lie as much as i enjoy our primary show all the really cool stuff is on Patreon. No, definitely. Let's be honest. For sure. Here. For sure. Aaron, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Father Baldor. Uh, you can also find me over at oneofus.net on their home release podcast, Digital Noise. And you can find me on Twitter at Nathan Flynn. You can also find me on oneofus.net, occasionally doing reviews on there. But when we're back next week, we're talking doves. We're talking motorcycle foo. You guys aren't ready for electric woogaloo. We're talking about uh, Wolverine gagging for it. We're throwing them snowballs straight into hell. Oh my god, it's gonna be fun. So Nathan has just left in order to go. Nathan has just left to go pee and said that he loves all the people at his house. And I am going to choose this time to sing to you, Nathan. Ah, loving you is easy cause you're beautiful. Do, 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 do. Do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing? Hey, man, how you doing? Um, okay. I left a little fun surprise for you on the recording. Oh, god damn it. (laughs)
<laughs> Love when that happens. Anyways. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.